Well, hello there, my friends, listeners, and fellow role players. Tis I, Game Master Dagobah. Er, um, yeah, wait. Real name. It's me, Stacy. And, uh, let me tell you a little news before jumping into. Part 2. Okay, so the news. I'm going to start by saying, isn't it fantastic when virtual tabletops like Fantasy Grounds and Discord allow us to connect, to find a story to share with friends near and far? Well, real life and time zones have caught up with our friend Ryan, or Unlucky Geek, or his character name, Volan. And sadly, he is not able to continue with our campaign. Such is life. So, hasta luego, Ryan. Until we meet again. And hello, Daria. Welcome to the adventure. Welcome to session 22, and this session's recap of mysteries and tales that beg to be told, to be heard, to be whispered. This tale, in particular, begins with three ex-slaves, one wayward adventurer and a merchant, all having returned to the court of Grandma Elmtwinkle late in the evening, after finishing an adventuring job for two satyr merchants. The redhead Ijnumuj leaves for his tent, and with the braying of a nearby donkey, Bruce also bids goodnight. The fey mushroom butlers, Midnight and Pepper, lead you to some comfortable rooms 50 feet up within the trunk of the enormous tree. A bed, a bath, and some odds and ends greet you as you enter your private room. The room oozes comfort. Your troubles melt away as you let yourself relax. It doesn't take long before you fall asleep on the strange pod bed, experiencing a comfort you've not known for months. As for the dwarf, with the odd donkey named Fang, well, he does not choose to sleep within a visitor's cabana. Instead, he finds his repast under his donkey cart. In the deep of night, you toss and turn as nightmares trouble your sleeping mind. But those troubles are eased with the quiet visitation from your hostess. The nightmares fade, replaced by deep, peaceful slumber, one without dreams. You leap awake as the morning's peace is broken by blaring horns. Every fay from within Elmtwinkle's domain is summoned to come hither and enter the grand space within the Guardian Tree Cookie. From above, you watch as Grandma Elmtwinkle passes amongst a grand ensemble of odd and strange-looking creatures, greeting individuals or groups of her people. As you descend into the crowd, you too are briefly greeted. You try to strike up a conversation, but she asks you to wait as she continues to pass amongst all gathered. And after her brief interlude with you, your exhaustion from the past couple days, it disappears. Clicker's boon of agility returns, as does Thorn's fortitude. Rather abruptly, the chaos of so many gathered fey, the sounds of piping and musical sylvan voices, the blaring of horns, it ends, fades, dies off. You catch sight of Ijnamuj, and at his side is a striking, medium-height tiefling, striking if only because of her minty complexion and her lack of horns. No horns on a tiefling? Odd. Grandma Elmtwinkle slumps against the vine that has conveniently lowered to her side. All are gone. It's just you and her. Again, you strike up a conversation. But once more, it quickly ends when you inform her that Bruce was playing with the green spores. She hastily leaves in search of the errant dwarf, finding him hitching Fang to his cart. A close call, Bruce. Without her restoration, you would have been doomed to become a minion of the Greenwalker. Just one more tendril puppet to dance at its whim, to make the jungle grow and grow and grow. With the Greenwalker crisis averted, you are able to continue that conversation, and you learn that Savosi's imbalance is caused by something called a spark, primordial power. Grandma Elmtwinkle asks for your help. The ethereal substance that she had withdrawn from you must be returned to Savosi, and you must find and remove that spark. But to do so, you must step into the dream. The market begins to open, 
and you find the satyrs Yadira and Alicia. You turn over the Vrilstone prize, and you learn that they needed it to attempt to empower a moonstone. It fails. The Vrilstone you retrieved is drained. Nonetheless, you claim your payment, and with barely a pause to breathe, Clicker swiftly grabs the magical javelin and begins to throw it, leaping into its trailing gale over and over and over again. What is that bird up to? As for the negotiated favor, Alicia promises a special pan flute, and she leaves the market to go and retrieve it, telling you that she'll be sure it's in your hands before you decide to leave. Volan and Thorn decide to return to Cookie, to offload some gear. Clicker has an odd encounter with a centaur named Shimmerspring, and attempts to convince him to drink a vial of poison. What? Clicker? A vial that she's purchased from the female Eladrin named Dark Noodles. With such an eventful day, more so than he's had in the last couple of weeks, Bruce begins to lead his donkey away from the market. What else is this day going to bring? How about we find out? So now we don't get, um, uh, I was going to say Shelly, but um, Norbert. Shelly. Like, it's it's too hard now. Uh, so now you don't get Norbert? Yeah, yeah. Why do you say that? <laughs> so Vic doesn't have any character. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know what Mick's got up his sleeve. Well, I guess we'll find out. Mick's just lying in the ground. Waiting for someone to dig him up. Well, that was our plan, was to go um, collect Norbert now, I think. Yeah, was it? Or he's um, riding his cart as Fang walks away. Yep, could be doing that as well. So what, what character do you want to play? Volan or uh, Clicker to Shell? So Dario, you you have to until until your character comes apart um, comes up, you have to play either Vol Volan or Clicker. Which would you like to play? Oh boy! No, Seriously? I'm kidding. You don't have to. No. <laughs> I'll play Volan. I mean, Volan's the quiet one. <laughs> he doesn't do anything. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's why I don't know anything about Volan. Volan will just be soon to be going into the mist. It is morning on the 22nd of December and it is looking overcast. As Bruce hits the road and the three of you re-enter the Guardian Tree Cookie, the morning's drizzle turns into a light rain. The morning temperature is slightly chilly at 19 degrees Celsius. Oh well, Voland and Clicker, are we ready to go? Let's see if we can get uh... Norbert uh, back from the dead. Wait one second. So, Thorn, you and Volan were walking up the ramp, heading up the ramp. Clicker was trailing behind because she, she was still doing some shenanigans in the market. So, as you guys were walking up the ramp, you heard the familiar sound of wood and vines twisting. You turn quickly at the sound. Your past experiences with this noise was usually coupled with dangerous attacking plant creatures. Looking down on the ground below, you notice the entrance where you had arrived is once more opened. So it allows us passage to the uh, location where Norbert is? Yeah, yeah, I think that's the place. If I remember right, that's where we came in, uh, Thorn. Uh, yeah. Now, uh, that is uh, where we came. It's uh, fortunate or fortuitous that uh, we have access um, to that uh, string of that uh, strange tree tunnel. This Is the tunnel still there? Give me a perception check. Okay. In the tower or out in the open? Out in the open, seeing so. When you look down at the the entrance there, Volan's sitting there staring bes beside you. You notice that there's the shape of a red archway is within the trunk in the vines that have opened. You hadn't noticed that previously. 
Okay. Well, uh, Clicker said she'd be along shortly, so, I mean, if uh, Twinkles opened that up for us, well, let's just go and put our stuff away, and that'll be that. I think that's a good idea. Um, and I thought I'd already dropped off most of the stuff that I didn't need, but anyway. You guys were just heading, just heading there. Okay. I'm repeating that bit because we ha I got the sound effect now. Yeah, okay. So I've got... <laughs> <laughs> Mainly I was just dropping off my coins that no one else is going to touch apparently because they're fey. You had a ton. Yeah, so much. So as you continue walking up the spiral with Volan at your side, Clicker still hasn't shown up, must be still in the market. You notice then a couple of Spriggans emerge from the sides of that open portal. Spriggans, you know, the big beings made from wood and sticks and that make up their body. These ones look oddly familiar because you remember seeing they must be the same ones because you can see that silvery light that, that seems to leak out of them. Whereas earlier in the day when you've seen a bunch more of the Spriggans, most of them had a more of a golden light that comes from the, in, within them. And as you're walking up and you see that there, the voices, the silvan voices that you heard coming from that hanging platform that is in the center of the tree and it's like 100 feet up so it's roughly 50 feet higher up than where your guys's rooms were at uh, the sylvan voices that were coming from there stop and you notice grandma Eltwinkle is standing on the edge of the platform looking down at the opening in in the tree cookie you can give me another perception check come on slightly better 17. Slightly better. Um, you watch as Grandma Elmtwinkle's looking there, but she's not quite close enough for you to be able to see the expression on her face, but you watch as she leaps from the platform, and with no sound, she gracefully and lightly lands on the ground below. That was like a hundred foot, and it didn't even look like she used Featherfall. She stands at the center of the courtyard below, and you notice that Pixies and sprites seem to be coming from all over the place and they just emerge from little holes and alcoves that you didn't even know were there and they all flutter up about you and they all start heading back down towards the ground. Well, that's uh, mighty strange. Um, maybe we can find out what's going on after we uh, drop our stuff, hey, Volan? Yeah, that's weird. Is it no one stopping us from dropping our stuff off? Nobody. All right. You continue walking up. You're almost to the place where your rooms are, and you see four people exit from the opening. The first to come through is a redhead, well-armored female dwarf. But after her are three faces you recognize instantly. Bashir, Nit, and Ona Ona. How close are they? So you guys are probably about 40 feet up right now. And have they seen us? You're 40 feet up. And then remember the... the Not circumference. Not radius. Diameter. Diameter. The diameter of the tree is roughly 100 feet. So for all intents and purposes, you're at least 100 feet away and up. Not at eye level. Oh, so they're coming in from, from the uh, ground level with that entrance that opened up. Yes. Right. The same entrance that you guys came through, they have just popped out of. Okay. Barely a second passes on seeing those faces, seeing the Spriggans turn towards these newly entered people, seeing Grandma Elmtwinkle stand motion motionless, the pixies and sprites that continue to rain down about their lady. When a fifth person exits the portal and bumps into the four standing just in front of the opening. A very tall female of a height with Volan. What else does she look like? Daria? Oops, excuse me. Uh, she's a furbog. Uh, she has a gray, almost bluish fur. Very large, light blue, almost transparent eyes. She has uh, dark black hair, 
braided into two thick but very tight and neat braids on her shoulders. She's dressed not for this place, not for this weather. She's wearing a nice shirt, a vest, a warm leather jacket, carrying a backpack and a staff. And uh, that's it, I suppose. So, Daria, new person. You've just stumbled into two haggard-looking female humans. A rather refined-looking female dwarf that is well-armored, as you would expect. And a well-dressed male... What is that? A male what? You've never seen his species before. The shock of seeing something new is not tempered by the fact that you've just stepped into something completely unexpected. Looking about you, you see that you are within a large, a very large tree. At center court, you can see the commanding presence of a female fae. Maybe Archfey. She stands amongst a flurry of pixies and sprite. You sense that this hollowed out tree is very much alive and is very old and is very strong. There's a ramp shaped into the trunk of this tree and it spirals up along the inside trunk wall. A hundred feet up, you see there is a suspended platform. It is clear to you that the startled four humanoids you bump into, it is clear that they are startled as they quickly place their hands on their weapons. From the face of the strange looking male and from the female dwarf, it isn't clear if their step backwards is from the commanding presence of the Spriggans to your left and to your right, or is it from you? But from the faces of the two human females, it is very clear that their backpedaling is from you. So, a couple of questions for myself. A, yep. does it look like um, Daria's character seems associated with uh, the rest of the group that we recognize? Or does it seem like a separate Give thing? Me I don't mind how... Okay. <laughs> Natural one <laughs> for six. You are so caught up with the sight of Bashir someone you've known for nearly a year and I'm not sure what your feelings are but you're so caught up in seeing him that you weren't able to to focus on them whereas Volan I'll, I'll have Volan roll let's see what does Volan do come on Volan you can do it 13 that's certainly better than a 1 so when he sees her he's just like Yet, Thorn, he whispers. Um, maybe we should double time to our rooms here. I'd rather not be seen. Okay, so I, I would look at Fall and go, How about you uh, going hard quickly? Um, and then with a flick of my wrist, I disappear from view. I'm casting invisibility. Yeah, he attempts to, to move closer to the um, edge of the trunk so that he's outside of. Appear of the view from people below. You also, though, Thorn, there was, a after the arrival of the fifth person, and you weren't sure if it was, if she was with them or not, you did hear a strange sound, and as you heard that and Volan was talking to you, that red archway that you'd noticed, it disappears. So they went through the red archway, did they? They came. So four of them came out. You, When you had been coming, going up the, the trunk, your perception check of earlier was good enough that you had noticed that within the, the entrance, there was a red archway. And then with that last sound that you heard, some like of a popping sound, the archway disappeared, but the portal remains open. Okay. And you disappeared. And Volan hugs the wall as he moves up towards his room. But you can hear the voice of... Of Elmtwinkle, as she says. Ancient law dictates that if one passes the challenge, they have guessed right. Be welcome to my home, you four. But you, Furball, you have come far. But I don't... 
be patient. I will talk with you more, but first, I must attend some new champions that have won past the challenge. Volga is just standing there, shocked, opening it, and closing her mouth again and again. You can give me a nature check. Very nice. <laughs> so, you are surprised at being here. You had certainly not been coming. Where you had been stepping had certainly not been to be where you are now. So you are very surprised with everything that you see around you. But even knowing that, who you are, what you know, you do understand almost immediately that you are in some, for, some form of a fey domain. And it's clear to you as well that this this person in front of you, you are able to tell that she is an Eladrin, but you're not able to tell what kind of Eladrin she is, whether she is like, it's clear to you that she is the lady, but it's not clear how powerful of a lady she is. Just that you know that you are in, in a fake court. You have no idea who these these beings are who are in front of you. But seeing Spriggans, you know what Spriggans are from who you are and what you know of nature. So the Fae element here doesn't surprise you at all. The humans, you know, you know humans, but you also notice that when this female Fae spoke, her, she was speaking in common and you understood it, but her common was like it had a heavy accent to you so it wasn't like the common that you're used to what is she dressed like oh ooh. i don't think i've ever explained what she was dressed like wait i have that what is she wearing that's, she is that's great Tario. keep asking him questions he can't answer <laughs> sorry no, no, it's good. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> On first glance, this lady has the bearing of a very confident person. And perhaps there's a, a look of dryad in her a bit. Her hair has a dark shade of green, and there are colorful flowers that are entwined in her hair. She wears well-crafted green-tinted leather armor. Not... She's not wearing a gown, as one might expect of a lady, but rather the accoutrements of a warrior. And hanging from one hip is a beautifully made scabbard that's empty. And on the other hip hangs a curled strand of thorns. And on her brow is a crown of sorts made of thorns and leaves. I'm going to put that down. Here you go. There's that. Almost totally prepared. Almost. You almost got me. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. So, at that point, you see Bashir stands up and for you... Well, actually, before I go to Thorn again and, and Volan... And clicker's still not here, so shame. Bruce, so you were packing up Fang. You'd packed up your cart. You were at the market. Is there anything else that you're doing? We were just starting to head out. So Okay, so Bruce is, for all intents and purposes, is still, okay, starting to make his way. Yep. Okay. So, shall I keep going? Bit of backstory here and a couple of hours filling in time. <laughs> Did you want to say explain a little bit more about what is Bruce thinking about as he starts moving off? That's fine. If you've got something that you wanted to fill in, sure, we can swing with well, it. Well, Bruce is, is wandering off and he's, he's bemoaning the fact that the the three clowns that he was with before still haven't started on the quest that they had to do. Um, 
and if he'd helped them Elm Twinkle he did remember that Elm Twinkle would have allowed him to or given him the keys to the the safe that he needed to go and get but they were so intent on doing their deal with the satyrs and then going and digging up um, their friend that he's he's somewhat pissed off at them so he's <laughs> grumpily <laughs> grumpily leaving town not to mention the attitude of of uh, of uh, Thorn who just turned out to be an arrogant prick he just yeah just didn't like him at all <laughs> and the stupid bird that just launched itself into the nearest puddle of water I mean what kind of moron does that so it was clear that the the quest that they were going to go on for Elm Tinker was obviously doomed to fail anyway. Um, and as he wanders out of town, he's not paying that much attention to to what he's doing as he leads Fang down the road. And the next thing, he's not a hundred metres out of town when this God Almighty crack is heard, the sound of breaking wood. And he turns around and he looks at the wheel on his cart and he sees that one of the spokes is broken. So, oh, no. So, cursing uh, that he is going to be doomed to stay here for yet another period of time, he looks back to the marketplace. He looks at Fang and he swears under his breath and Fang you know, nods appreciatively because he knows what's going on. And they turn the cart around and they head on back into town. Well, how about those bananas? Bruce is not a happy man. Clearly, I wouldn't be happy either. Okay, so you, uh, Bruce turns his cart and instead of being able to ride his cart back in, he's slowly pulling a begrudging fang along who is grumbling at, at Bruce for not having checked the axle. Yeah, Bruce has actually unloaded almost everything in the cart and is carrying it on his back. Uh, as I, I will remind way Bruce back. that you have a special bag yes. oh, that was I do, given to you I? by the clan yes, chief. I have a special bag of holding, so I've filled it up with absolutely everything that I own. But it's still heavy and I am carting it back into town. It's only 100 metres. It shouldn't take us more than, oh, I don't know, 10 or 12 interactions between the other clowns in the party um, before we before Bruce makes it back into town and then starts looking for a wheel right. <laughs> oh, wow. Too funny. Okay. Poor, poor Bruce. Bruce got a flat tire. <laughs> okay, and... All right. Unfussables here, so too. So Thorn up there are... Sorry? Unfussables here, too. Clicker's just okay. arrived. Yeah. yeah, I seen that. I was just I was gonna make him suffer. Please do. Oh no, it's okay because Clicker, Clicker, seeing that the other two are there, since I'm now playing Clicker because he was late, um, picks up <laughs> his spear that he has traded and flings it. Javelin. The javelin and flings it with all his might in the direction of Bashir. Except Bashir is not outside in the market. I thought Clicker, Clicker was... isn't aware. Did Clicker not come in with the other two? No. Thorn and Volan entered first because Clicker was still in the market. Clicker went to do a deal with Shimmerspring, but was insulted when Shimmerspring called him an ugly bird. So then she went over to Dark Noodles, wanted to buy something with all of her gems, and ended up buying some poison. Then took it back to Shimmerspring and tried to convince him that it was a healing potion, but Shimmerspring knows Dark Noodles stuff. And it was like, yeah, not nice try so she was begrudgingly i suppose coming slowly after thorn and volan to enter the tree so she missed a little bit clicker is clumping back towards the the tree when she sees the opening that has appeared and she sees the four characters walk out of the opening so you gotta remember hold up all of that is happening inside the tree. The market is outside the tree. Oh, isn't the opening inside the, the opening to the pathway outside the tree? No, no, it comes straight into the tree. Oh, damn it. So clearly I'm not going to be able to screw with Clicker, am I? No matter how I try, no. not until Clicker gets back. You tried. The, I gave it my best failed. shot, Clicker. I'm sorry for a minute there. I thought I could just have you hung out to dry, plucked and 
and cooked and roasted slowly over a fire, but clearly that's not going to be. You're on your own, sunshine. Off you go. You can probably roast me anyway. <laughs> yeah, why not? So, first off, Thorn, you said you disappeared from sight. Are you still watching? I am still watching. Okay, Volan has successfully managed to sneak into his room and is starting to offload some of the gear and he's waiting at, he stands at the door, so you're aware that he's standing at the door of his room. But you can hear as the, the uh, after Elm Twinkle makes her greetings to the fifth person as well as talking to the fourth, the male that Volga you've never seen before steps forward and as he steps forward you notice that the red-headed dwarf puts her hand out in front of his waist and there's a look that exchanges between them and then Bashir walks past and he, he makes a regal bow and he says well hello there my lady I am Bashir Aludin it is a pleasure to meet you uh, May I have your name? And she also does a curtsy, or not a bow, but a curtsy, and she says, Well met, Catfog Bashir. You have come far. And Bashir, at this point, as these greetings are happening, and as, breeding, as Bashir is just about to make this Clicker, you weren't very far behind Thorn and Volan, so you would have just entered the cusp, the main entranceway to walk into Cookie to follow behind your camp companions. And as soon as you are at the threshold, you are able to see that Grandma Elm Twinkle is in the center court of the of Cookie, and you do see that she is talking with four people, three of which you instantly recognize as Bashir, Nit. And Ona Ona, you do not recognize the red-headed dwarf you've never seen before. And the very tall, she's about as, has the same height as Volan, if perhaps not, maybe a little bit more. You've never seen her species before. And in fact, as you're looking down to Thorn, you've never seen her species either. And so Bashir looks back at the tall person, kind of frowns a little bit. Or do you do anything at that point, Volga? Or do you still stand beside these other four people? Or do you do anything? Uh, at this point, I assume I have regained some of my composure. As the lady of the house asked me to wait, I will step just a little bit to the side to make sure I'm separate from these people because I don't know them and I will patiently wait until I am spoken to uh, except I would like to glance back to where I came from to see if there is a door, pathway, portal, something open Give me your perception check Evidently not. Natural one. <laughs> awesome. Two perception texts that were... I mean, yes, I know we have the modifiers for skill checks, but natural ones are natural ones. It doesn't mean a fail in my in my book. Natural one doesn't mean a fail for skill checks, but it's fun to see them. So that's an eight. So you look back towards the, the portal. You had heard a moment ago that sound. I'm just going to play that sound once more. You had heard that sound, but with everything else that was going on in front of you that was so different, it didn't sink into you at that moment. So when you do look back, it just looks like an opening inside this enormous tree. And on the other side, you can see a dark chamber that looks not quite as big as as this courtyard that you're in you can kind of see what looks like perhaps some stars twinkling in that dark chamber but there's not much else that you can see it looks like there's some kind of a column in the center of the chamber but beyond that you can't 
it is certainly does not look at all like what you had just stepped through and what you were expecting to see behind you. Make sense? I will wait. Okay. Does and clicker, clicker see what do you do? These arrive. So you didn't see them arrive. You uh, you were uh, like a, mm. a minute too late to see them arrive. That's okay. Yeah. But now that she's standing in the entrance of Cookie. Yep. You do see them. Okay. I know Mick you made. Do not see made, Volant nor Thorn. Yeah, I know Mick made a made a joke here. But Clicker grabs her javelin and throws it at Bashir. <laughs> okay, he I, is probably. I actually wasn't joking because, like, that's exactly what Clicker would do. That is exactly uh, what uh, she uh, would uh, do. Months of yes, uh, months of having to tolerate the stupid bird that launches itself into any puddle of water it can find and knowing that it's got a short fuse of course it's going to fling off a javelin all right one second then i have an encounter table here now if you were a really sh if you were a really shit role player of course i would never have figured that out so congratulations thank you when you were saying there's just going to be a bit of role play um you're obviously wrong. <laughs> Pretty much. Inspiration to clicker. <laughs> I already have it, unfortunately. But I, actually, I've got to use it on this throw. Have another one. That gives me an advantage, right? So, uh, yeah. Gonna have okay. advantage on this one for free, basically. Sorry, just give me a minute. I'm, I'm, I will have this opened in just a second. Take your time. You can cut it out in the podcast. What's the <laughs> Bashir is now inside the combat tracker. So I'm pretty sure a javelin is 30 to 60 feet, I think, for its its range. Mm, or 30, something. 120. Okay, so that means you will you are throwing this at disadvantage, I believe. Okay. So uh, because he is he is definitely more than thirty feet away. Yeah, from and the inspiration is going to counter that. So for normally. Oh yeah. All right. You're going to use your inspiration. Go for mm -hmm. it. And I get back inspiration from Mick as well. So. Yeah. So that gives you a change. Nothing. Nothing <laughs> happened like basically. Nothing changes. Yes. All right. Okay. Make it good. We're counting on you. No pressure. Uh, All right. <laughs> You... Can I use a hero point? <laughs> yeah, for sure. If you want to use a hero yeah, point. Yeah, absolutely. Plus four. Okay. So you 16. throw your, your javelin and the feelings, what these feelings are, hard to describe what these feelings are, but they empower your throw and the accuracy of your throw as you huck this javelin with all of your might. Are you just hucking it? What do you mean? Am I just hacking it? Well, I'm, I'm just curious if you're going to say the command word. Oh, yeah, she does. She does. Um, All right. So, so she throws it, and while it's in the air, there's there's a moment of silence. Good. Wait. I need to figure out what my hotkey is for the damn voice changer. But yeah, she, she, uh, she quickly... And there is a bursting sound of wind as that javelin picks up and a gale force wind comes f trailing behind that javelin as it flies toward Bashir. And Bashir kind of slowly turns his head because he's just, what's this noise? And a look of surprise happens. But just before your, your javelin gets there, vines reach up from the ground extremely fast and they catch your javelin and they hold it there and it just stays motionless and grandma elm, elm twinkle she turns to you at that point clicker has already drawn her rapier and is charging through the storm to like, gain speed 
You go, girl. Through the vortex. Absolutely. Okay. Slaver! Slaver! <laughs> you come flying in. The anger is in... I should just check. Thorn, do you do anything? Uh, uh, apart from cursing under my breath? No. Volan is kind of like, Uh, Thorn, uh, what's going on out there? I thought I heard Clicker's voice. And Bashir says in, in surprise, Clicker! And as he says your name, as the, the javelin is is trapped up in the air, as you come running in, following behind that javelin, rocketing forward with your cunning action to move as quickly as you can, again, the same vines that are holding the javelin sprout even more, and they wrap up and entangle your feet. As And you can give me a dexterity saving throw. Natural one. It's three for the night. That is three for the night. How about them bananas? So, the pent-up emotions that fueled the throw, that fueled the anger as you raced and you pulled that rapier out, had you so caught up that you were unable to, to react as the vines caught up your legs and held you fast. Does she fall forward? There will be none of that in my domain, Clicker. They have guessed right, as do you. Would you have me throw you out? I was a slaver, yes. He's a slaver. I understand. He kept us for months. He tortured us. I understand. That does not change guessed right. But all will become clear. Have a patient. There will be no violence inside Cookie. Not without my say-so. I imagine because she was moving so fast, uh, the, as the vines latched onto her feet, she probably just fell forward immediately and yeah, pla yeah. planted head first, uh, or beak first uh, into the ground. And now she's just completely ignoring the pain and looks up Yeah, from that dexterity throw was so bad that I think maybe you stabbed yourself with your rapier. No. With a, with a blunt <laughs> side, perhaps, eight. yeah. Um, <laughs> it was an eight. That you, yeah, totally. You eight. would really have had to do really shit yeah. to, to stab yourself. But yeah, she's she's now just laying on the ground, extending her, her index finger, pointing at Bashir and muttering curses all the time, even though her, her shouting and accusations openly have stopped. And Grandma Elmtwinkle walks up to where the javelin is still being held and she plucks it from the vines and she walks over to you. Grab her bluest. Please, Clicker. Let me help you up. And Bashir is sitting there and he's like, that is my property, uh, lady. Uh, she belongs to me. Clicker for a moment was seemingly calming down he was she was already grabbing uh the rapier again which probably slid slid out of her hand for for a couple of feet and she was about to see that if if the vines allowed her i don't know are they still grabbing her they release from your your feet yeah okay so she 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 was grabbing the rapier and she was about to see that when he says that and Immediately, like from halfway into the sheath, she pulls the rapier out again and points it at, at Bashir. Listen! Listen! I'm not property! Listen to him, Twinkle! As you, you pull out your rapier, Elm Twinkle kind of raises her hand, and as she raises her hand, she hasn't drawn anything, but you watch as it seems like green light that just forms and then within her hand is also a rapier that shines brightly and she places her rapier on top of your rapier at peace clicker there will be no fighting in here and while you're doing that bashir looks back at nit while this is going on and 
I'll say Volga and Clicker being that close. Can you guys both give me insight checks? Nine. Clicker, you're too caught up in what's going on that you don't notice. But you, Volga, when you see this person called Bashir look back at one of the human females with his eyebrows raised, you, even though you have never seen his species before, you still have no trouble interpreting that he's surprised. And you watch as he kind of looks down at the pouch at, at Nit's side. And you see Nit kind of giving a nod. And she kind of opens the pouch. And for the briefest moment, give me a perception check. Man, look at those modifiers. Holy shit. Mm. <laughs> Pulls out a Pokeball and throws it at Clicker. It belonged to me. <laughs> Not quite, but so, I see where you're going. Did I read it right that um, somebody was not expecting Bashir to be called Bashir? No. Bashir looked back at Nit, and he was a little bit surprised at some of the things that happened so close to him just now. And he, when he looks at Nit, he, you know, he raises his eyebrows and she, and kind of has a look at the pouch at her waist. And you see her drawing from her pouch briefly, you catch sight of the following. And so you should see an image that pops up for you. Okay, do I, do I know any, do I know what that is? Do I know what language it is? Give me... Hmm, that is a good, good question. Arcana check, please. It is clear to you from the sigils on it that there it is definitely magic of, of a sort. But you don't recognize it in that brief glance to be able to say any more than that it's clear that it's some kind of a magical device. Okay. Okay. I will keep a close eye on the woman. Okay. And Bashir then turns turns back, looking back at Grandma Umpunkle, and he's like, You know the laws of the land, I'm sure. I mean, even in Kush, you are close to Nangui and... The laws there are fairly clear about slaves. They belong to me. And Elm Twinkle, she, she looks back. As you, they too have guessed right. They passed the challenge. They will not be harmed here. No one will do violence in my land without my decree. If you would continue to maintain your guest right, you will be given every privilege, but there will be no violence. They do not belong to you here. You do not belong to them. There is no slavery in my land. Lauren! Lauren! The slavers are here! And <laughs> certainly Thorn does not respond. He's just watching. <laughs> Volan kind of crawls out of his room not being able to see you there, Thorn, and he just kind of crawls up to the, the along the ramp on his, basically on his belly, so that he can look look down. And as you call out their names, Clicker, Thorn and Volan, they are alive. What about the Turtle Man? Where is he? You are all here? I will tell you nothing. Come, Clicker. You know that's not how it should be. We were friends once. I will come with my rapier first. Hmm. And he looks back at Elm Twinkle. And guess right means that we are safe. You will not harm us then? You are safe. And he looks back to his companions. And where will we while we are here and as he asks coming down the ramp 
you notice is almost on cue. You see Midnight and Pepper starting to stroll down the ramp right nearby you guys having come from above where you are standing Thorn. They pass you by, no notice. They step across Volan, who's me, and they continue down. And the the four who stand there, they, they can see. And Elm Twinkle says, Midnight and Pepper will show you to some rooms. Anything you could want will be provided. We will have a feast later this evening. It is still quite early. She mentions, sorry, as she mentions the, uh, that they will have rooms, Clicker, who has sheathed the, uh, the rapier by now. Um, it's almost, almost cartoonish the way she starts running towards the staircase to get upstairs and gather her belongings and, and, and fetch Thorn and Volan before they get to get their, uh, rooms Hopefully. But yeah, she's running. Yeah, okay. Uh, before they leave, can I ask a question? Yes. When when they first saw me, um, what can I tell if they were surprised because there was somebody who appeared behind them, or was it me? Like, how shocked? Yes, they were surprised. You got the feeling, not from the male or the redhead dwarf, they held their faces very well. So even though they, you could tell that they were startled, you couldn't read much more than that. But on the, the two human female faces, you could tell that they were both startled and I'm not going to say repulsed, but repelled because they hadn't seen something like you before. Okay, that's what I was getting at. Thank you. E even though they'd captured Volan? Yes. Okay. Volan is cre clearly Trollkin. Trollkin have a very clear look to them. They're not exactly what you would say in tiefling world or the human world is very attractive looking race, having been blended with trolls, first and foremost. So she looks nothing like a Trollkin. Ah, okay. Just of a height. All oh, right. So just height of Trollkin. Sorry, I, I assumed she was a Trollkin. Yeah. No. And you had heard while you were watching, you had heard Elm Twinkle uh, mention Furbolg, but you have no idea or context to what that word really means. Perhaps it was she knew this woman by name. You don't know. Basically, just like the turtles, there is no furbolgs that you are aware of or have studied or heard of in the Southlands or within Midgard. Neither species, as far as you know, exists so far as you know from, from personal experience and from studies. So Volan is, is kind of still laying down on there watching what's going on. And Bashir goes back to his people and Elm Twinkle stands watch. You do notice that a lot of those pixies and sprites, they kind of flutter off across to the tall, this tall female woman. And they all seem to be landing on top of her. They seem to be smelling her. Some of them are kind of getting brave enough that they come in and they touch her. Some of them that are even a little bit more brave come up there and give her a lick. But only to this tall female. The rest, they, the, the, the pixies and sprite, they do stay away from the, the other four. And Bashir goes and he, he huddles up with the other three. You notice that the, the tall female stands by herself. And although she stands by herself... Elm Twinkle slowly walks up. She she watches the four as Midnight and Pepper, the two Myconids, come con continue down the, the path as the butlers. And she comes up beside you and she's, she says, What might I call you? 
I make the deepest, most sophisticated connections that I am capable of. Volga, Volga service, at your service. You have come very far, Volga. You came in search of me? That would be my honor, but unfortunately, well, this actually happened rather unexpected. I thought I detected something in the opening that wasn't meant to be there. Was that you? Did you cause a portal to be opened? I would not dare to overestimate my capabilities as such. I was simply walking and something happened and I appeared in a place that is here and not the place that I was going to. It's very strange, Volga. I have never in all my years seen one of your kind in these lands. Volga uh, looks present and disappointed a little bit. M might I inquire for how long have you been here? <laughs> a few millennia. Not as old as some. The queen, she is ancient. Much more than I. And not a single furbog ever passed here? Not in, in my realm. Perhaps. Maybe. I don't travel much throughout the Southlands. My domain is here. And in Midgard? I know little more about Midgard, but I didn't think that your race had crossed the sea before. And you watch as she is... Even though she's chatting with you, she does keep her eye on the other four. And as she keeps her eye, the two Myconids finally arrive. And then she speaks up a little bit louder. You may follow them. They will take you to some rooms up the rampway. Please do not bother any of the other guests, especially those who have guessed right. I will know. And my anger is... Well, let's not... Let's just say... You won't want to know my anger. And Bashir, he looks, and again, he gives a very regal bow. Yes, my lady, uh, please. We will, of course, respect your wishes in your own realm. We certainly will not be breaking any laws. And he nods to his companions. And the red-headed dwarf, although Nit and Ona Ona quickly follow after Bashir as he walks towards the the two myconids who are now at the bottom of the ramp clicker you are now up and you see volan is laying down on the ramp watching and the red-headed dwarf continues to she watches grandma elm twinkle for a long long moment and she looks back at bashir and then she looks up the rampway towards she can't quite see... Well, I don't know, Clicker, you're just moving quickly, or are you trying to also keep out of sight? She's moving quickly. Yeah, so she does... So this the female dwarf watches as you go up to as long as you stay in sight, and then she rejoins Bashir and uh, just kind of gives an indication of... Well, you're too far to see. What are you guys going to do? As mentioned... Very quickly, Licker is going to uh, to run into her room, and while she's running there, she she calls. Don, Volan, we need to go. The slavers, they're here. And in her room, he's, she's gonna pack everything she can as quickly as possible. Leaves the leaves the uh, wooden stuff that has been manifesting. For the most part. Volan crawls into your room. You see that he's he's already got his backpack on and he, he looks like he's already ready. I think uh, Thorn is somewhere close by. Disappeared for a moment. I'll, I'll whisper behind Volan. I'm here. 
but invisible. I'm not sure what to do with this. I mean, I want to kill him, but I know that... I don't know if this is the right time. It's the right time to leave. Well, you, you've already tried, and what did it get you? I've never tried to leave. I don't know if one of them, I don't know that redhead, but uh, Nit was a real bitch. And uh, last I remember, when we jumped into the, that cavern, she was the one that was was carrying that damn stone, so... If she's near, and that stone is near... I don't want her to be near me. No, I, I don't want it either. Look, if, if even if, uh, no matter what we do, we have to make sure we're together. We'll have a better chance of surviving if we uh, take them or flee if we're together. And that includes Norbit. Our first course of business should be getting Norbit. Our second course yeah, of business I agree. is... While that door is still open, we should probably hustle. Yeah, and our second course of business is uh, doing this thing for Elm Twinkle, because I suspect we will be able to travel to a completely different location once we're finished. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, well, I mean, I agree and don't agree. If she offers protection... I'm not sure, Thorn, that Shadow, if you can keep keep it away and protect, let's let's just go get Norbit. What? Let's get Norbit. What what are you talking about? You kill me with us, aren't you, Volan? Yes. Uh, let's get Norbit. Let's do that first. What about you, Clicker? Are you agreeing? You you can see she's just randomly rummaging through that through that box with the with the wooden items that were replicated from from the slave camp, and tosses some of them into her backpack. Some of them she just leaves. Yes, 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 yes. Let's leave. Yeah, perception Not check, uh, clicker. Who's doing a perception check? Clicker. Clicker. All right. Twelve. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you told you you fill up your backpack as you're saying yet yeah, for sure. Okay, gotcha. So, um, how are we gonna handle this? Like when Pepper and Midnight take them to their rooms, let's what try to lock them in and. Well, and then head for the portal. Look, I think we should try and head for the portal. Keep an eye. When, once they're inside their rooms, that's when we move for the portal. Um, as to whether we uh, attack them, we you know we can't now. And I have no idea when they're going to leave. Yeah, I don't think trying to attack them while we're near Elm Twinkle would be... I mean, she, she kind of woman handled you really well, Clicker. Yes, yes. She's good. Do we want to go and get Bruce? It looked like he was about ready to leave. Look, Bruce, I, I can uh, give or take him. He was rather annoying. I, I think we need Norbit. Of course, of course. Norbit put his neck on the line for us. Heavy as he was, though. Bruce was so. just a grumpy dwarf. They're never pleased. <laughs> <laughs> well, that seems to be most dwarves, no? Can't say I know too many, but still. Not many out south. All right. All right. Are we ready to go? I'll I'll go out and check to see if they're um, out in the foyer. If it's all clear, I'll come back and let you know. 
This is Ivan. I'm also known as Gregory Dog, the Hammerdog Games Community Manager, and I'm playing Clicker, a Ravenfolk locksmith. Hello, my name is Atua, and I will be playing Thorn of the Tiefling Bard. Hi, my name's Mick, and I'll be playing Bruce, or Bert, or Bob, Bongo, Bingo, Barabbas, Bartholomew, Barry. Hi, I'm Darium. I'm playing as Volga Shellist, the Frog Druid. And then there is me. I am Dagaba, and you're listening to a Crimson Nib podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Crimson Nib or at Facebook.com slash Crimson Nib. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, Please rate and review me on Google Podcasts, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. So until next time, good people, adieu.